Hello, welcome along to Football Thunders with myself, Pete Finch. Uh, I've got Ryan Scott with us. Hello. Uh, Dan Finch. Uh, welcome back, Pete. Thank you very much. It's been a while. I've been a bit busy. Football Thunders podcast is brought to you by the Proper Blokes Club, a community project for men's mental health to break the stigma of men's mental health and start talking openly about it. And also, Let Us Talk was created to get people talking openly about mental health in a very relaxed, non-judgmental way and raising funds through football. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter and on Instagram. Right, busy show this day, haven't we, fellas? Daily so. Okay, I'll let you, let you know what we've got coming your way. We're going to be talking top five Premier League players of all time. Uh, we're discussing Wayne Rooney, uh, the World Cup and some plans for 2026. Uh, FM Scout Report. No plonker pundit because, and I'll tell you why, it is the honest reason, every time Gabby Ogbon Lahore or Danny Murphy open their gobs, they put their foot in it anyway. So you can't keep calling the same people out for plonker of the week, can we really? It's not so much Danny Murphy as it is Gabby a bonglahore, but yeah, yeah, yeah I can't keep giving Danny it to Murphy. a bonglahore every week. Danny Murphy for breathing is enough, as far as I'm concerned, and I think Dan concurs. Yeah, I agree. And shithousery. Well, the Tsar of shithousery is amongst us. The, the Duke of a Duke of shithousery. Should we not touch on dukes at the minute? I think that's a bit touchy. Always. <laughs> it paid for that. I can think of twelve million reasons why we won't talk about dukes. I think. Um, <laughs> But apparently, Poe and the Grand Old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. It's not quite accurate, I understand. No, there's some... Uh, I've, I've seen a remixed <laughs> version, shall we say. Yeah, 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 we'll move on from there. Mind you, we can try suing us, but, you know. <sighs> right. Uh, uh, in an empty pocket. Yeah, well, mum pays. Right, um, number one, <laughs> the top five Premier League players of all time. Top five. And this is... We're going to pick our own top five. This has been tough, I've got to tell you. And I still haven't got Dan to be five yet. <laughs> You're right there, Dan. You look like you've... Um... I'm just having a moment. Yeah. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, top five Premier League players all the time, uh, of all time. Uh, I've had it really, I've found it really hard going to do this. Uh, Ryan, how did you find it? I've got three. Oh, the God, last no. two, I can't. It's There's so many players over the years. I know. Who do you pick and why do you pick them? Poor old Dan's gone. He's, he's completely lost. We've lost Dan for the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> how many have you got, Dan? Five. Have you got? How easy it was you to get to five? Yeah, not easy. Basically, I wrote a list of about twenty. I narrowed that down to ten. Then I narrowed it down to five. And then I went. Oh, I've done. I'm not even going to try and order them. I've just wrote five names. Did you consult anyone whilst doing it, like your mum or anything like that? Because some people would consult their mum or get their mum to help them. Well, did she did offer me £12 million, pounds, but I turned it down. Yeah, that's, that's good. Right, OK. Uh, Ryan. Can we agree that Thierry Henry makes the top five? Oh, thank God for that. Oh, thank God for that, yeah, I think. Right, OK. Oh, uh, yes. Well, we've, it's our own known individual top fives, isn't it? Right, Ryan, I'll tell you so, yes. right? About... Uh, when I was on my walk this morning, I went on a nice walk. I, I walked the, uh, the route of... Oh, I forgot their bloody group again. <laughs> they sponsored the Proper Bloats show. Club. Proper Bloats Club. I did their route of the Thames. And uh, I was on the phone to Dad and I said, I've put money on it that Ryan doesn't pick Thierry Henry. So but he has. So that's. So we're going to do. You pick Thierry Henry. He's arguably the best so ever, isn't he? Aren't we going to yeah. go take it in turns to pick one? It's yeah. going to be a free for all this conversation. No, but that's, that's not. So, but we're all agreeing with Ryan, Ryan uh, 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 and Thierry Henry. On that, we're all agreed, aren't we? I think he's arguably the best ever. 
Because he didn't make much of an impact uh, when he was uh, was it in Italy, wasn't he? And he, he was he at was... Juventus, but they played him as a left winger. Yeah, and he didn't make much impact. And, and oh. I remember him signing for Arsenal and just thinking, well, I think they've got someone on the left. I don't think they need him. And, well, uh, all-time greatest goalscorer for he's, Arsenal. He's, he's also arguably the, the man that kind of started the modern-day striker in the Premier League, isn't he? He was the, the first kind of version of what you'd call a striker today. He's not... An out-and-out -out striker is he? Wouldn't you? He wouldn't. He's not. He, he'll score tap-ins, but that's not his business. He's not a a natural goal scorer. I think is the phrase. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's not a shearer. No, he's. But oh, you knew when he got the ball, you, you knew something was about to happen. Then. Now, for me, an out-and-out -out goal scorer is someone that scores in the six-yard area and nowhere else. Someone like Ian Rush. I don't think Drain we can put. And I don't think we can put uh, Alan Shearer in in the role of uh, a natural goal scorer. He's just a goal scorer because he scored out of the box. Anyway, so uh, Thierry Henry, uh, Ryan, that's your first one. We'll agree with that. Dan, let's come to you. Right, get the easy one done with because I imagine he's on both your lists, uh, despite his off-field problems. Ryan Giggs, anyone? Yes. It's got to be, right? He was, he was in with a shout. The only thing that... Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean he was the, in with a shout? The United fan is turning Ryan Giggs away. What is going on here? Hang on. Has someone paid you 12 million quid to <laughs> shut the fuck up or what? No. The only reason I said he's in with a shout, but I'm not sure whether he makes my top five, is because <laughs> although he's arguably, I think he is the most decorated football player in Premier League history, well, yeah. and he's won the I'm lot. Stunned. If you look at his goal output, and his assist output it's not as high as a lot of other players I so he's fucking brilliant for example would <laughs> you have ryan Giggs over mohammed salah because mohammed salah his yes. output is far yes. greater than ryan Giggs has ever was ah mohammed yes. salah over a short period of four four seasons has still scored more goals and more assists than Yeah, Ryan but Giggs that's four seasons also, also in a very different style of... And a different style football. of player. Yeah, very different, different position. Uh, right. No, I'd, I'd take Giggs every day of the week. I, but, Giggs but is on my list. The, the longevity, the fact that he played so well on the wing, came inside and still managed to... Be, that's dodgy. Came inside and carried on playing... Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm on one. Sorry, people. I'm on one. Ryan Giggs playing in the middle was brilliant. At an old age, great out on the wing for what from what 92 did he make his debut? And he retired in what 2013 because he played in the GB team in 2012. Yes, I think so. Yeah, so from the Premier League's birth really till 2012. And to be fair, Welsh players have got a habit of doing that because Gary Speed did the same as well. He played forever. Ryan he Giggs was actually, although I didn't order them one to five, Ryan Giggs was actually going to be my number one. I haven't got an order at the moment for mine. Um, I don't. He was just the one I'd put at the top. So, Ryan, so two of us are saying Ryan Giggs and the Man United fan is <laughs> questioning Ryan, Ryan Giggs. Really? I am, yeah. Is there I a United player on your harsh, list? But I am. Sorry? Is, is there, there a United, United player on your... Oh, hang on. I think there, there is. There is a United player on my yeah, list. Yeah, we know yeah. who it is. Well, well, I, reckon we, I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon we know who it is. I reckon we know who this is. I and... Well, I'll tell you this. There's actually two. Can I ask yeah. a question? Did one of them kick a Palace fan? Yes, one did kick a Palace fan. <laughs> Should we get on to him then? Uh, not yet. It's my turn now. Oh, Agu okay. Aguero. Yeah. No, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make mine. Oh, hell That's because yeah. you're a Man United fan. He was never going to make it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no. I'm not arguing with you about how quality he was. He was amazing. He was fantastic. One, Arguably one of the best strikers, but he didn't what? make my list. Why not? He's, he's on my list. He's in my five. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. He's in the top five players of all time. Yeah, I think he's. I, I don't my, particularly, particularly my only, love him. My only concern for him is obviously 
you could say injuries and stuff, but when he does no. play, no, people, sorry, because people even would with argue the injury, that. Yeah, but even with the injuries he had, he still banged you in twenty goals a season, yeah. even oh, though he missed three months at a time. His football, his he was an outrageous footballer for Man City, and I think yeah, yeah. I, he never got the credit while at City that he should have got from people outside of Manchester City. In 10, 15 <clears> years' <throat> time, people will look back and say, yeah. "Oh, he was good when he." They'll they'll show clips of him scoring and some of the goals he scored, and they'll just be. I know he had some great players around him. And I've got another. I've got a choice of one of two to go in my team, and I'm just just so torn. Balotelli. I'm so it's not Balotelli. I'm so torn. And uh, Manuel Adibayo. It's not Adibayo, and, and I and I love that little fella they signed from Arsenal, Nazri. He was great until he had his. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Benjani. So, um, Dan, let's go. Be so. That's one each. Dan, your Did Ryan put one forward. Yeah, he started off with. Um, with Thierry Henry, didn't he? Oh, yeah, of course. It surprised all of us. I, right. I thought he was going to bang straight in with gigs. I, I was going to say, this, there's going to be another one that's going to surprise you in a minute. Yeah, I, was, I, I genuinely first. thought he was going to bang straight in with gigs, and some people have done, but that's another story. I've got two that will probably surprise you. Right, Go so here's on. one. I'll chuck out my one that I think won't be on your two list. Ashley Cole. No, I did consider him, but he didn't make the list. Cole isn't on my list, but... I mean, best left back I've seen. If I, best left back of, in the world for one of the best left backs I've seen. Yeah, best uh, left back um, in the world for five, six years. I mean, it, to, to dislodge uh, Chris Powell from the England team, you've got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that was coming, but yeah, I mean, what can you? I say? mean, this is Chris Powell, the man who nutmegged Pep Guardiola. Come on, in an England game. Uh, but yeah, Ashley Cole, come on, Dan, talk to us. Uh, talk... I, mean, I mean, if you know football, you know Ashley Cole. I mean. Came through in what two thousand and one at Arsenal, broke on the scene. Well, no, Palace. He went on loan to Palace first. No, but he? I mean that yeah. wasn't in the Premier League though. That was in the Championship. No, I mean, but... he came into the Arsenal Premier League yeah. side in two thousand and one. Yeah, didn't lose his place. Was there <laughs> two thousand and two? Part of the Invincibles. Did a Sun Campbell. If, if you watch a lot of the Invincible videos, a lot of the the players like Thierry Henry, Bergkamp, a lot of interviews. I watched one with Freddie Lundberg, who and they they all go on about how good Ashley Cole was and how amazing he was for that team. Then obviously he went to Chelsea. Continued his career till mid to late 30s. I mean, when he won the Champions League with Chelsea, he was already 32, 33. And then obviously went to Roma, LA, did like a tour. Um, but as a Premier League left back. Ended up at Derby, didn't he? Yeah, did yeah. a year with Derby with Lampard. He, and then he, he now he's, a, uh, where is he now? Everton, right? Is he crazy? He's, a, he's an assistant manager at Everton, isn't he? He was with the England under 21s. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, best left back in the world for many years. Probably only dislodged by Jordi Alba in the late early 2010s when he was I'm sorry you're forgetting about one person who if you say Patrick Patrick Severo Ashley Cole's better yeah I'm having that all day long (laughs) I loved Patrick Severo but Ashley Patrick Severo I love as a character and I loved him as a footballer but I think Ashley Cole was the better one I will begrudgingly agree with you thank you very much Uh, right I'll do my second one shall I and I'm torn I'm so torn I've got defenders I've got some defenders and Jonathan Spector is not one of them, let me oh. tell you. Kirby's Lee's love child. Mark everywhere... Fish. Uh, oh, I love Mark Fish. Oh, Mark Fish. Mark Fish was just, we loved him. Don't mention Chris Perry to Dan, because Chris Perry to Dan, because he gets a little bit moist. I like Chris Perry. He's great child. <laughs> now, I've got three. I've got three here. And they're for... Three? I've got I've got a choice of three. I've got a, I'm going to pick a defender, and I've got a choice of three. And they're, they're centre-backs. Vincent the... Company is one of them. And I've got to make a decision here, and I need you to help me. I think Tony Adams, for his leadership skills as well, 
But I don't think Tony Adams makes the cut. The other one is John Terry. It's company or John Terry. Well, I can uh, make this a little bit easier because the Terry. Vincent Company made my list. Because that's where I'm leaning towards. But, I mean, John Terry's won just about everything. I know he didn't play in the European Cup final. But if you look at the photograph, it looks like he did because he was, was in his kit. Say, <laughs> he was in that kit. <laughs> company gets extra points for not doing a John Terry. I, I um, think, and he was I th a better passer of the ball. Uh, that's his, I think he was a better footballer. Absolutely. I think they're both defender. absolute born leaders. Absolute pair of them, absolute leaders of men, and you would follow them through through the trenches. You'd absolutely follow them through a brick wall, wouldn't you? Both of them. Can I pick I Vincent Company just on the basis that I follow John Terry on Twitter and it turns out he has the same size brain as a Swede. <laughs> so my Don't insult Sven. My fourth pick. Not that then, kind of sweet. <laughs> uh, my my pick is Vincent Vincent Company then, uh, because yeah, some of you have picked some of my picks already. Uh, so yeah, Vincent Company. I've got one left to go after this. Me too. Yeah. And uh, so Are you ready for my next one. Back go to ahead. Ryan. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, Shock horror! It's Stephen Gerrard. Oh, what? <laughs> I did Gerrard. Probably yeah. of all the players we've picked, the least decorated. Yeah. He's, yeah, uh, but he's arguably he's on one of the most influential. <laughs> I would yeah. argue it's far more influential than anyone in the Premier League, with the exception of Henri and Cantona. I've got I've got Gerard, and I've also got because I've got this list, long list, and I've got Lampard on there. And I think uh, yeah, yeah, hang on. Well, no, Lampard was superb, but he wasn't Gerard. And I think Gerard had Gerard could grab a game by the scruff of the net and take control of it. You look at the FA Cup final against West Ham when uh, I was here. I listened to, uh, to someone talk about that. Crouchy was talking about. I was into his podcast, an old episode, and, and and he spoke to Gerard, and Gerard said I had chronic cramp. He said what I should have done normally is I'd have controlled the ball. And then taking it into the box and done something. He says, the cramp was so bad, I just thought I'm going to hit it as hard as I can, which is what he did. And he scored an absolute screamer. My favourite Peter Crouch story about Steve, uh, Stephen Gerrard is, uh, he said on his podcast that they went on a night out in Liverpool. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard didn't want to get recognised. So he went on a mobility scooter as an old man, got into the club for free because he was on his mobility scooter. All the players were there and everyone was flocking around the players, but no one knew it was Gerrard. They just it just looked like some old bloke with a mobility scooter was hanging around with a Liverpool squad. <laughs> it was Stephen Gerrard. Don't forget, this is also a player who's so influential that he gave away a title by falling over. He did slip on his ass. Yeah, he did, unfortunately. He did. He told them at kickoff, do not let this slip, and then he physically slipped. It was at the end of the Palace game, wasn't it? It was at the end of the... Uh, no, there was, it was no, there was, there was Yeah, they were all in the huddle, and you can hear him saying, don't let this slip now, don't let this slip, and wallop, off he went. Next week, he was on his ass. And then, yeah, and did Chelsea win it? No, it was... Who was won it? the title? Chelsea. It was, was Chelsea. it Chelsea that came back to Which is it? ironic, because the Chelsea fans loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. Of course it was, because it was Mourinho's and, and, and title I, back. And, and I seem to recall John Terry having a bit of a slip-up in a European Cup final that was a bit chaotic, caused a few problems, didn't it? So <laughs> what goes around comes around. So my list is done. My, so my five is done, and my next five I've got, but I'll let you finish your five. and then I was going to say, I've got one more. So You go one me. more, because I've got a salty one. Right, um, I was going to say, well, my last one is the only midfielder I think I've ever seen of the past era, not including present day, who was better than Steven Gerrard, and that was, Alex of course, Song. Paul Scholes. Well, I forgot about Paul Scholes. I think, it, no, I had him down, but if you talk to players that played with and against him, they'll probably concur. They'll say that he's the greatest player of his generation. Savvy so, said the other day, they're doing did, an interview, and um, 
the, I've seen a press conference by Barcelona and they asked him who was the best player you played with. He said Messi and he said who was the best player you played against. He said Portugal. Oh. Zidane said it. Zidane said it, yeah. I think if Zidane says it and Zidane doesn't give out compliments, he just headbutts people. I can say headbutts people. He does does give David Beckham a kiss. Yes. Well, uh, I've got... uh, Right, so I've got uh, other names here. I've got the Arsenal back four was a joke because just that that, that Arsenal back four was a great defensive Current day? No, the Arsenal back four of uh, of Adams, Bold, Winterburn and Dixon. He's a big fan of Hector Bellerin. No, he's a. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him. Roy Keane is on the list. It was close. Got. It was close to getting. I, I, I'm fascinated that no one said Beckham. I mean, I wouldn't have put Beckham in there, but I was expecting a Beckham. Well, we gave Beckham a lot last week. Me and Ryan spoke a lot about Beckham, mm. and now he's kind of a what's the right term? Football. I don't know. if Icon's the right word, but yeah. he's more of like um. He was more flashy and stood out to you rather than. It was more of a product than. Yeah, I think a footballer. I've got, I've got two United players on my next five, and Beckham doesn't even get into the next. Cantona, Eric Cantona. I yeah, he, he made mine. You haven't he said kicked him, a yeah. Palace fan. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my five were Cantona, Vincent Company, Paul Scholes, Stephen Gerrard, and Thierry Henry. My five were Ryan Giggs, Thierry Henry, Stephen Gerrard, Ashley Cole, and Sergio Aguero. Right. Okay. Uh, my final one. Sort it now. This he's not the greatest player, but but I think for what he did at his club, and what, fortune. No, 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 no. Matt Letizio. I'm leaving now. I can see why you're going. I now. don't think he's the best, but I. Well, look, the the thing that all these players that we've got in common, they most of them won shed loads of trophies. They had glitter. Apart from Gerard, well, he won a European Cup and a couple of FA Cups and a, a two bob in the Jobby Cup. But won a Scottish Cup. Matt, Matt Letizia played for an unfashionable club throughout his career, and I would argue that that club would have been relegated without him, without a shadow of a doubt, on several occasions. I just think uh, for a midfielder, 443 games, 161 goals, 47 out, uh, penalties out, out, out of 48. It's not a bad record. And I just thought the amount of talent he had. And uh, I just don't know. What do you think? I mean, Ryan's, you're thinking about it, aren't you? I would agree that he is a Premier League icon because when you look at some of the goals that he scored, they were unique. They were individual. He was a very big fish in a very, very tiny pond. Well, this is the other um, thing. I think I'd, uh, what would have happened, and I, and I think he had opportunities, if he, if a big club had come to him, and he'd gone to a big club. I don't think he'd have gone. I don't think he went because he knew where he was. He was the king of the hill. And if he went anywhere else, he'd be another player. Whereas at Southampton, he was given the freedom and the license to play how he played. And I don't think Ferguson would necessarily, I don't think any of, any of the top managers in the Premier League at the time would give him the license that he would need to flourish. Ben yeah. Hoddle didn't want him really in the England side. The thing with uh, Letizia was this: for all his style, for all his what's the right word? Ability, technique. For all, yeah, for all his ability and his technique, one thing he lacked was work rate. He's kind of if you think about Lionel Messi wander around in France right now, you think Letizia at Southampton, no work rate, no running around. Yeah, but with Letizia, yeah, but at, at the moment there's not much of an in product with with Messi. Letizia wandering around, there was an in product, wasn't there? Because there's just been this moment of genius to get a goal. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm just you know. 
But no, uh, he, does, he doesn't. I, I would have someone like Roy Keane ahead of Letizia. Hmm. I would actually just like to defend Lionel Messi to say he actually is playing all right. He's just not scoring. Is it simply that he's not scoring? Because I he's don't watch Paris Saint Germain. I don't watch. He's played for. I mean, he played against Real Madrid the other day, and him and Mbappe <laughs> ran the show. But because he missed the penalty, everyone said he played shit. I've seen Mbappe's goal. Not bad. Not bad. What's happened to Neymar while we're at it? He's injured. He's injured. been injured for months. He's, he True. came back. Um, he got the assist. It was his first game back. In is he months. as good as they say? Yes, because I, no. I, I don't think he is. I've always I, got the. I think he's a bit overinflated. As a, I think as a, he would be if he had the professionalism of another player. His biggest problem is is he likes to party. Right. So okay. The lifestyle that he leads isn't conducive to the job that he does. So then, he's he's chosen the wrong template in the fat Ronaldo rather than thin Ronaldo. Well, having said that, I mean, as much as you. You look at Big Ronaldo, what a player, but both Ronaldos were a lot more successful than he was. Yeah. My, my thing for Neymar is he's a, he's, a, he's a big baby. He wants to be number one at everything. He's he, wasn't a a, he wasn't at Barcelona, so he wanted to go to Paris. And he's he not at Paris. He, he was, he's, he's, well, he, isn't, he has been until Mbappe, and then all of a sudden he's gone a bit quiet. Mm. He was at Brazil, and now at Brazil they're fancying other people, and he's gone off the boil for Brazil. Okay. Can't get in the start eleven. Right, let's move on to the next subject. Wayne Rooney. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before go we on. do, go on. You got some I feel, more. I think we should do some honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Okay, go on. Uh, have, have you got any honourable mentions, Ryan? Roy Keane would yeah, be Roy number Keane. one. Yeah, Roy Keane. I've got in there. Leader, footballer. I mean, when you think of iconic moments for players, you think, for example, you think Gerard, you think Istanbul, and for me, if you think Roy Keane, you think Turin. Against Juve. Against Juve. Knowing full well he's not playing in the next game. In the final. Oh, led that team, even though that he knew he wasn't going to be playing that final. Skulls, similarly, as well, in that game as well. It was... Uh And a personal favourite that I will... He's always going to be an icon of the Premier League for me, and that's Gianfranco Zola. People don't mention him enough because of Cantona and Bergkamp. He was was one of the first superstar imports, wasn't he, into the Premier League that really clicked. Um, He he was like... Five foot three, and he was a pocket. And he was thirty when amazing. he arrived here, and he still yeah. bossed it for a couple of seasons. He was a big oh, part of Chelsea being where they are now by lifting their profile by the signing skills, some. Yeah, honestly, yeah. the skills were obscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think Franco Zola definitely gets a, an honourable mention. Dan, have you got anyone else that deserves an honourable mention? So I've got one that I think is on the outside of the fire, which is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no I, mean, there. I mean, he's just that good of a footballer. Yeah, um, arguably the best midfielder of well, his generation. Yeah, I mean, he would never be called the best player in the world because you can only be called the best player in the world by being a striker nowadays. So it's Lewandowski. Messi, <coughs> some reason I actually that. don't think he gets enough credit for his performances because no, I, he plays think, for Manchester City. I think Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the world. Uh, because he's associated with, with City and money and having lots of other good players around him, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I don't think he is the best player in the world. I disagree with Dan. I think that's Mohamed Salah at the moment who deserves an honourable mention as well. I think um, De Bruyne had a tough start because he he, he he came back came from Germany to Chelsea. He had a tough time at Chelsea. Then I think he went to Wolfsburg. Where did he go? He went to yeah. Yeah. That was it, Wolfsburg, didn't it? And then Man City said, well, listen, Chelsea, again, you've, you've dropped a ball. That was Chelsea trying to change his position. So he started in Germany as a camp. Why do clubs do that, though? Why do Because I remember um, a certain Charlton player who went to Chelsea, Scott Parker, and they played him on the wing. Yeah, because... well, that's what they did to De Bruyne. De Bruyne was a 10 in Germany. I'd come through as a 10. 
played a what I think he played a handful of games on the wing, but predominantly a ten. Chelsea wanted to play him on the wing. He wasn't a winger. Went back to Germany, played as a ten. All of a sudden, was great again. So City signed him as a ten, and now and he's he dropped now back plays into, in the Now he's an eight. Isn't and he? it's also a similar story with Mo Salah, isn't it? Any um, potential yeah. young players out there coming through that you think could make this 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 list in the future? I'm going to surprise I've, you here. I've with got another Dan, one. I've got Dan down for one here. I think because I'll, I'll surprise you with another one, and it's probably going to shock you from a Man United fan. But Harvey Elliott at Liverpool, I really like that boy. I think he's going to be special. Okay, and Dan, Dan's having a fit. What's the matter with Dan? I know where he's going. Phil I think Foden. Phil, Foden. Phil Foden. Okay. I thought you were going to say Declan Rice. Well, I don't cast him as young. He's 20. Like, I think I'm looking at like 20, 21, 23, I think. Yeah, 23. I mean, I love Declan Rice. I think Declan Rice will be a very, will, bo- hopefully gets his move. I said at the start of the podcast after the Euros, I was really interested to see if Declan Rice could kick on a gear after his performances at Euros. And boy, has he done that. I still think he needs so to leave West Ham to improve. He will at the end of this He's season. He's got to leave. Yeah. He has to go. He has to be playing Champions League football on a regular basis, so that limits where he's yeah. going to go. The other one that sadly I thought was on for great things has got a massive injury, so we'll see how, how he returns. Is Wesley Fofana at Leicester, twenty-one-year-old yeah. centre back, looked Absolutely. unreal, and then got a massive injury. So hopefully he comes back. Obviously, it'll take him time to get going. He's going to be out, I think, for the rest of this season. Right? Can I just chuck before we move on? Just chuck in my last. I've got one as well. I've got another thing, but go so on, this, Dan. So this one maybe not isn't a top five candidate, but I wanted. Keep the goalkeepers' union to to be to be spoke about. Can I guess this one? Yes, it's obvious. Peter Check. Of course, it's Peter Check. He was in in consideration for me if I was going to pick a goalkeeper. I think Schmeichel as well. I've got to say, I I, no because I and that's a personal thing that I like Schmeichel. And I I think I didn't say which one though. I said, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Peter Schmeichel, I thought was a, a superb keeper. Because I discussed this earlier with Dan and we had a bit of a disagreement over it, but I've sat down and looked at it and I've got to say, I think he's right. Petr Cech was the better keeper, technically. Even but, after that uh, lunatic cracked his uh, head open, that was, was a disgraceful challenge. I think Peter Schmeichel was more influential overall, but Peter Cech was the better goalkeeper in, in a skill set basis. Tony Adams deserves an honourable mention. You I, mentioned, I, did, I did mention, yeah. I thought uh, as a defender, I th- he was pretty superb, and he looked at that. He managed that defence well, and he was just a, a leader, a born leader. Marcus Bent? Uh, no, no. Francis Franny Jeffers, the fox of the box, isn't in there either. And uh, I was thinking about MD5. I don't know. I thought, no, fuck off. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, Rooney, Wayne Rooney performing miracles. Listen, at the start of the season, when Rooney took the Derby job, and I thought this is going to be a disaster. This is without even thinking about the points deduction. But what he's done with that team, and I'm not sure how he, and what he's done with that club, uh, he was totally in the dark as to the financial position of the club. He's been funding things out of his own pocket. And he's just, uh, the job he's done surprised me. Absolutely surprised me beyond belief. Uh, I didn't think he had that in him. But um, to, to get Derby where they're, I think they're within three or four points of avoiding the drop at the moment. There's a genuine, yeah. they've got a genuine opportunity to, and they're, they're the form team down there in that bottom. Derby, I saw a stat this morning, uh, yesterday. Derby will be the first team in Football League history to have overturned a minus 15 point start and stay up. I mean, it's no, um, 
I, I mean, I, I should have done a bit more research, but if, if they were if, if they're they're given their the, positive points, yeah, given their positive points, where are they? they they'd be fifteenth. They'd be fifteenth. Fifteenth and. And when you consider he can't really sign that many players, can he? 18 points clear of the drop. Also consider the fact that some of the players that he has signed in the summer have been sold by the administrators in the January transfer window. It's been a fire sale, yeah. Yeah, so even the players that he brought in have gone straight back out again. I think the thing for me personally that I think has shocked me the most about Wayne Rooney is actually his tactical nous. And his uh, ability, I didn't doubt him being a manager and being able to oh, man- no, I did. manage. Oh, no, I did. That's what I, I doubted. That. I doubted everything, really. I didn't think he was right for it. Man management, I didn't have any concerns about. What I've got to give him credit for is his tactical nous and his in-game management. I think it's way beyond... Because I always pictured him as fantastically talented potato. Couldn't think much, <laughs> yeah. but could play yeah. great football. And lo and behold... It's Shrek with a football the- ability. Yeah, and lo and behold, it seems like he's going to turn into Pep Guardiola's prodigy at the I moment. Watched, um, I watched Derby play Birmingham a few weeks back. Go on. Birmingham were 2-0 up after about an hour, and Rooney made triple sub and uh, brought on a youngster and Colin Kazim Richards. A double sub, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Colin Kazim Richards. Bloody yeah. hell, they must be desperate. And uh, changed the system, and from that moment on, Derby and they got they got a point. Um, like Christian Bielik scored, which was lovely for a champ fan. Yeah, we like but, that. Um, yeah, I mean, the argument that that gets on my nerves a little bit is the well, the players are playing for nothing. You know, no, they're, they're not. They're, but they are. They, they are playing, playing for, for something. You take off what's going on on the pitch and what they're expecting for the season. You're they're playing for the people at the training ground. They're playing for the people at the ground working. Mm. People sometimes, especially on social media, I mean, we all know social media is full of fucking idiots. So when they make comments like this, it's like you're thinking about just on the pitch. Like they're going on the pitch knowing that if they lose, it's all right, they're minus points. But on off the pitch, they're still Pressure. they're playing for people because even though they're in administration, if they stay in the championship, they will save jobs. Yeah, I think uh, that, yeah, that's and that's different sort of pressure. There's pressure every time a footballer. I don't care what league they're in, uh, in, in the EFL Championship or the Premier League. A player crosses that white line, they're under pressure. Uh, this, uh, oh, they're playing without pressure, is uh, bollocks to me. Um, it's have, bollocks. Also, a question, have Derby's players been getting paid? Uh, there was a couple of times, weren't there, when they were delayed, I think. But they, I think it's they're being paid at the moment. But, I mean, the big problem is, is they're still in admin. <laughs> That's um, why I just noticed their second league goal scorer is Curtis Davies. <laughs> I think they're still in admin, but there's a couple of there's a, an American consortium after them, and there's a well, few others. Well, the, um, the 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 lawsuit against Middlesbrough has been dropped, haven't it? They've come. Mel Morris has paid out of his own has pocket. To, right, okay. Because that's the a, one with Wickham is still ongoing. The Middlesbrough one was a big one, and the Wickham one's a fairly decent one. Yeah, so the, as well. The, the me and Ryan discussed it the other week, but the Middlesbrough one was the serious, threatening one. Yeah. Wickham one, no, sorry, the other way around. Middlesbrough was the what if one. And the Wickham one was a bit more directly involved because Middlesbrough was, you cost us a playoff place, which may have cost us a Premier League place. Yeah. Where Wickham's was because you, because they took points off you next season rather than this, we went down instead of you. Yeah. Um, The one with Wickham is the one that people are saying is the more likely to go to court and something happened with. 
I'm really surprised he's paid out because had that gone to court, I'm not convinced that they would have had a legal leg no, to stand I, I, on. I, 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 think think he's, I think he's paying out because he wants the takeover to come and get, get done. But yeah, but I think if it went to court, we discussed it, I think it was, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? I think two weeks ago, yeah. Middlesbrough can't go to court and say, well, we would have been in the playoffs and we might have won it. They can't really argue that. Where Wickham can say, when the the EFL did it, it should have been done this season, which would have kept us up. So the yeah. Wickham one's the one to watch from what journalists are saying. If we I actually mean, got the stats for Derby this season, I mean, how many games have they won this season when they're expected to basically win nothing? Hang on, I can do it right now. Um, and while we're, while we're talking about this, I mean, the other thing is the amount of um, lawsuits flying around in football these days. Uh, uh, Charlton have got, we found out last week, Lawrence Bassini has drummed up a charge that Charlton have got to pay him 1.7 million. It's already been rubbish by yeah, lawyers. It's, it's been rubbish because they had to deal with Matt Southall, not with Charlton Athletic. So Derby have won nine games, drawing 12. Well, I mean, that's not 31. bad. That's not bad. Losing, losing 10, which, as I said, is top of bottom half. Yeah, it should be table and considering, they've, safe. And and considering consider- they've done that with kids and yeah. a couple of veterans, that's yeah, really it's, impressive. Yeah, that would put them 18 points clear of the drop. If that was if they didn't have their minus 21, they'd be 18 points clear of, of Reading. Can I also give Wayne Rooney a little bit of credit because there was talk of him getting the Everton job and he actually publicly came out. And yeah, said, I no, don't want see, this was yeah, I don't even, I've got a job here, I'm doing it, I've got a job here at the moment. Most managers would potentially keep their gob shut and look at possibly jumping ship. Like, who was it? Marco Silva at Watford, I think it was. Was yeah, it Marco Silva? Went, went yeah, to Everton and what, yeah, 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 yeah. He shut the bit, absolutely shut the Lee Boyer at Charlton. Not well, to be that. fair to Lee Boyer at Charlton, he was about to get the shove. <laughs> he was, yeah. He, was he jumped before it. he got pushed. In, like, And plus, it was, it was going to a better place. Charlton were in a, facing a lawsuit. Yeah. And Oblivion we were facing, weren't we, really? Yeah, so I don't yeah. really blame him for jumping. And and also, just he's going to be sat by Birmingham soon because they're doing what they do best, where they started really well with him and everyone got excited, and now they're going back to being Birmingham. So they'll sack him and they'll carry on as normal. I was surprised. That... Top, stop scoring then. No, no, no he's scoring. scoring. They he's just scoring. can't defend. They can't defend. This is their problem. Okay, so Wayne Rooney, top job. We're over the moon. We, we think he's doing a brilliant job. Absolutely superb job. Uh, next up, Dan, do you want to introduce this, the World Cup? Your, uh, your... Yes. So, <coughs> I think this is me talking shit, and it's fine. But, um, obviously, the World Cup in 2026 is being hosted by the Americas, uh, USA, Canada, and Mexico. And FIFA have... It's been a long time it's announced, but they've announced that they're going to include 48 sides into the World what? Cup in 2026. There's 48 sides. 48 to go to the final. <laughs> How many groups? How many games? How long is it going to last? Me, let me get there. Hold on. So there's going to be 48 teams World Cup from 2026 onwards. There's going to be 16 European sides, one Oceanic side. Six <laughs> one, out, yeah? One. Yeah, because there's only six teams that qualify. It's New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji. So uh, Australia are going to be in the, pretty much in, in there the every Asia. year. Yeah. No, oh, no, 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 Australia are in Asia. Are they not in Oceania? They've been in Asia mm-hmm. for years. Okay, fair enough. Com- Comnibar, which is South America, gets six. CONCACAF, six. Nine from Africa and eight from Asia. I can't wait to see, like, Uzbekistan in the World Cup. And then there's two playoffs, which will be done by <laughs> one from each of the non-European countries who will then go into a playoff for the final two spots. 16 so for- European teams? 
16 Europeans. It's going to get beat. It's going to be all right. I don't know. So, about, uh, this bollocks. So hold, hold, hold on. Talking of bollocks. This is this is the bit that pisses me off. 48 so, teams. I'm so the, I, the idea of this 48 teams is that they go into groups of guess how many? Go on. Three. Oh. What? What's the fucking point in that? They so have two, two games to qualify. They're going into si- 16 groups of three. Right? <laughs> Get a bait. 16 groups of three, and there will be two qualifiers from each group. Oh, no. No. What's the fucking point in this? No. Which will then be put into a round of 32, knockout, 16, a quarterfinal, semis, finals. Now, the bit that gets me is, and annoys me the most, is for your lower countries that are qualifying most likely for the first time. Say, for instance... I don't know. Pick pick an African side, like Guinea. Yeah. yeah, Guinea Guinea qualified to the World Cup. They go. They travel for they for a country like Guinea that have no money. They travel to, for example, the twenty twenty six World Cup. But the twenty thirty one is going to be in Uruguay, isn't it? Or South America. It's been this likely. You're going to fly them across the world to play two games and send them home again. No. What's the point? I if you're if you're that intent. So I my personal opinion is if you're that intent on doing forty eight. Do eight groups of six. Yeah, I like that because that's five games. You play five games and then you put eight through at the end of it. And you're in the quarterfinals. Go. And then you're not actually playing more games than they currently I are. I like that. Up. I like that format. You're, you're playing more or less. I think you play one extra game. In that format, you'd only play one extra game. But than I, you are I don't... 48 and three, groups of three. No, that's just rubbish. No. That's just... If you, and I it, worked it out. That is this, is this another Arsene Wenger beauty? No, this is before Arsene Wenger. This is Infantino. Because he, he wants to do it every two years as well, doesn't he, Arsene Wenger? Yeah, so this was this is 2017. This this was put forward in 2017 and, and accepted in 2019. No. So, so, as I said... My so, this is, is what's happening? So this is 100%. This is what is happening in, in the US, Mexico and Canada in 2026. My thing is, eight groups of six, you're playing the, just... I think it's one extra game than you would in a normal World Cup calendar because you're only playing five in your group and then you're going through. Then you start at a quarterfinals rather than a knockout. But what they want to do is, as I said, is put in groups of three where you send two through to a knockout. You've done it all wrong. I don't, Surely, again, I'm looking at it from a minnow's perspective, for a team like Guinea... And, and how do you do the seeding? How, how, how do you do the pots? Well, you, the, seed, the pots are done by world rankings. You love a world ranking. No, 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 no. See, on that on that basis alone, it's fucked. But because, so, but, no, no, so world I, rankings, yeah, absolutely no, they, no. So what they are effectively doing is, as I said, giving Guinea, say Guinea qualify, play two games, and then they're going home. In the way that I think they should do it, Guinea get four games, which I think is respectable. Yeah, and they're going to more... get tonked in all. They're going to yeah. get tonked in all four, but what? they're going to play four games. It's you're going to be probably, a memorable time. You're going to have a group, but some somewhere on the line, out of all those groups, you're going to have a group with three teams that are crap, and two of those teams are going to get through, and they're well, going no, to get absolutely not, tonked. Not necessarily, possibly. because this, based on how the seeding works, you'll have whatever it is, the top seeds will be in pot one, the second group seeds. So you'll end up with a group, for instance, that's like England, USA, and Burkina Faso. Oh, I'll, yeah. No, I want to see. It. No, I'll, no, no. We always have Sweden. I always want Sweden in our group. Well, Sweden, we... based off the world rankings, like if you're looking at into seeds of three, so you're uh, into four. They'll be seeded into. Five. So these groups are three. So is yes. it then? So winner of group A plays game number four 
in the qual in the, in the, in the yes. next round. And yes. see, I don't want that anymore. I don't like that. That's what they're doing. I don't like that. It's where you can map out who you're going to be playing no, in the semi-final. Exactly, nothing else is changing. It's just as in terms of how they work out the game. To make it more interesting, I think at the end of the group stage... Back in um, the pot again. Back in the pot again, whack them out and do that for every round. So it's up until the final, and then the final is just... But the, the problem for that that they claim is logistics. It's not logistics. It's one man in a bucket of fucking balls. Could do no, it, but like... it's logistic for the teams. Well, then, let's see what they do. FIFA have to do is uh, the clubs all book these. They know the venues and they know the hotels. FIFA recommends the places for the, the nations to stay. They don't have to stay there. But that's, it's not It's not going to be logistics. It's not going to be. The other, the other thing that annoys me with the 48. On, on, on the day after the last game of the group stage, you've got planes ready at, the, at various centres and they fly off to different de destinations and take the yeah. squads. And, so my, the other thing that annoys me about this is by increasing the tournament to 48, it devalues I'm, it. I'm, I'm not a fan of. No, it's different. I'm not a fan of countries sharing a World Cup. No, I think it should be in one country I only. I quite like one. I get it. Some kind, like you know, like the the South Korea Japan one. I understood that because they're not big enough countries. But USA is big enough to host it on their own. And they have done on their the, own. The problem with going to forty eight is there's not going to be many countries that can. No, Mexico. Mexico. Many games. Mexico have hosted it on their own the, as well. The twenty thirty World Cup bids twice. There's, there's two current twenty thirty World Cup bids that are in Austin. There's. Colombia, Argentina, and Uruguay. Fuck that. <laughs> or Morocco, Spain, and Portugal. Hmm. So that's the two. The World Cup, World Cup 2030 will either be hosted in two European sides and an African country or three of South American sides. Okay, well, we'll see. So, and I, the only thing I haven't actually, they haven't confirmed yet, is whether the host nations will automatically qualify. Yeah, that's the thing. So for, 2020, so for 2026, they've said they will. So Canada, USA, and Mexico will be there. But right. for 2030, they're debating whether still making them qualify. So there's a chance to say Paraguay hosts the 2030 World Cup. And they're, and they're not there. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? I'm stunned. Genuinely stunned. I can't believe that FIFA... Oh, how I much can. more money do they want? Yeah, lots more. Genuinely, lots more. because this is just chaos. Here comes the it's... money. Am I the only one that feels like that FIFA and UEFA are just gradually destroying football? For the oh no, 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 no! You're not the only one. I think we've got ninety percent of football league. fans. We've got a Champions League that is no longer a Champions League, and it That's... hasn't been for years. It's Champions and whoever else. It's Champions um, League. It's been the champion. It's been called the Champions League, and it's not been the Champions League since it was called the Champions League. We're trying to destroy the World Cup. And the prestige of it by having it every two years instead of every four. Yes. Now they want every Tom, Dick, and Harry to qualify and be there before they all go and play two games each. And Coca Cola give you enough money every fucking four years. You're not all supposed to be bent anymore, as well. So no one's taking backhanders. So you should have more money than you need. Um, this is chaos. This is absolute mental. Everyone keeps banging on about player welfare and how players are playing too many games so what we're going to do we're going to chuck some more on at the world cup well no we're not actually are we we're playing two three four five six seven if you get to the final you, and, and play the final you've played seven games well the thing is with my format you don't need to be playing eight but still i'd rather for me that well for me if you're going to make it 48 the priority should be on the 
the minnows getting their opportunity and if rather I'm... than why why are you dragging out because frankly it's I'm I'm all for the minnows being there but am I interested in seeing a round of 32 game where England are playing Tonga no 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 let them play them in a the group stage and get them out look to be honest in all honesty who's going to take pleasure out of uh, say England smashing the Samoan Islands Me. 10 12 nil I'm not going to take pleasure in that. After Harry Kane when he when he breaks <laughs> someone's record. That's that's fun for the record books, isn't it? it all mean, it is it means we, that that someone playing in that game they could play a second team in that game and someone just, scores a record amount of goals. We that's a... we discussed it when we played Andorra, didn't we? And Ryan was saying that it's no fun, and me and Pete were saying that we love it. I just love watching the goals. I like game. watching England. I like goals going in, <laughs> but I do like a bit of competition, and I don't think that devalues the World Cup at a World Cup. No. no, that's different. No. In a group stage, I'm all for it. A World Cup, I think no. Please no. stop it. Uh, you don't even like. <coughs> so when the Euros were upgraded to 24, I remember there being a bit of a shitstorm, and I thought that was okay because I felt that the sides that were missing out, yeah, weren't. You're not. We weren't missing out. They on, weren't like, missing anyone. They weren't. You know, by adding the extra the extra eight, we were we weren't seeing like Azerbaijan come in. We were seeing Wales come in and, yeah. and Iceland, and they both actually come in and and put up a performance yeah. by bringing an extra. No offense, but by bringing an extra four teams from Asia and four teams from Africa, Could you're you... bringing in sides like Burkina Faso and Guinea and Uzbekistan, who probably only have one or two professional players. It's, and it's not going to make them get any better. And I'll give you an example. You look at the Six Nations in uh, in rugby. Italy have been in there for years. And <laughs> They've they, been kicked out. And they yeah. It's have, have you seen in... the news? No, no, but they, but they, but in the last every no, year, when next year they're not in it. Well, that why because they keep replaced. getting yeah. Who buy? Who with South Africa? South Africa. But but uh, uh, well, the example is it, Italy have been in there for about thirty years, and Italy have been thrashed pretty much every game, and it, it, they've not improved, and so and that that just makes my point. They've been kicked out, so I don't think it is. Shall we move on? I think we uh, we all think it's a load of old bollocks. Yes. Yes. So that's the reality we've got to deal with now. That's that is the, done and dusted. That's Gino and Infantino's FIFA realities. Yeah. Can we have someone who actually knows something about football work no, for FIFA? Instead of businessmen. We all cheered when Arsene Wenger got the job, and now that's we sorry. all woke up every two years. I'm sorry, but he's senile. He's like 74. We were talking about Roy Hodgson waffling really? on. What was Roy Hodgson waffling on about the other day about mermaids and bollocks? <laughs> He's off his trolley, and now we've got fucking Arsene Wenger. Can't remember more than we, two years. So we if you put the wheelie, let's um, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you put the wheelie bin out, you must remember the <laughs> contents of the wheelie bin. If you go past the mermaid, you've gone too far. You need to turn left and go back. Well, there are sardines. There are trollers. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, FM Scout Report. This is where we're all playing FM. Uh, uh, what seasons are we all in? This is the big question. Where are you, Ryan, in FM? Uh, if I've it's just, not, I've actually just started a new game, so I've yeah, just my you... second team with Arsenal. I've just oh. won the league and League Cup. Oh, so you, you, right, okay. Dan, where are you? Hang on, so I simmed a year, so 2022. Then I got Norwich promoted out of the Championship, 23. 24 stayed in the league, 20, 26, 2026. I'm in 25, 26. I took Preston up. 
via the playoffs to the Premier League. I then stayed for about five minutes in the Premier League because Newcastle offered me a job, and and I I could see money, the, and I could see <laughs> Preston allowed me not one penny to spend, reduced my my wage budget. So I thought, well, I'll, first job I get offered, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him. Newcastle came knocking because they sacked Eddie Howe. Uh, since then, I've won uh, won uh, the FA Cup twice, the Carling Cup twice, the European Champions League was in the last. Uh, big trophy I won and I won the World Club Championship as well which is now taking place in June what was that about that was a shocker oh we'll get on to that another week but the Club World Cup's changing soon as well <laughs> and then uh, and then I've moved uh, and now we've just started a new season and uh, I've bought some players I've, I've had uh, the money hasn't been I've been getting on average so the first season I walked in and there was when I started there was 80 million left in the bank so I went out and signed a few players then the next year I got 150 Money, this money, money. this year I had uh, only, uh, this season I had about ninety million, but I managed to do some deals and I've signed some players. So my FM scout report, my player is Benjamin Sesko, uh, striker uh, from I signed him from Red Bull uh, Salzburg for twenty nine million pounds. Uh, I've had him two seasons. He's got one hundred eleven games. He scored sixty four goals in his career. His international career thirty seven caps 20 goals for Slovenia uh, his value when I looked earlier on starting value now this is from a 29 million pound investment 171 million pounds between that and 213 million pounds he misses a lot though he's 22 he scores a lot of goals but he's a little bit inconsistent at the moment I've never but signed he's him, getting there but on my current save he's the striker for Man United <laughs> yeah and he scored 37 league goals last year and they have him and Mbappe up front and I can't quite get near them, frankly. I've got uh, him and Adiemi or Yuri Alberto or, and I've just signed Dane Scarlett from Spurs. as a Adi, we uh, inducted Adiemi last week to the Scouting Report Hall of Fame. Yeah. Without actually talking about him, we just put him in because we knew everyone loved him. Yeah. But Ryan, I've got a list and I've actually left off your second one from last week. So I've got Piccoli. Who was the other one? It was Lewis Ferguson from Aberdeen. Lewis Ferguson. Right, so, so far we have Piccoli, Lorenzo Luca, Benjamin Sisko, Sivet Mansverk, and Lewis Ferguson. So two midfielders and three strikers. But I'll move on to... I che- I know last week I said I was going to bring up a keeper. I haven't. I've changed my mind. Um, and Ryan, I think you were planning a keeper, so I'm assuming you'll still use him. Yes, I've still... So, the same two I'm using. I'll, I will start with uh, Ilya Zabanyi who is a centre-back from Dynamo Kiev. I've now had him on two long-term saves. I've got him at Norwich and I had him at Roma. When you start the game, he's 18, but he costs you about 30 million and he's worth it. Even He might not be great the first season, but pay the 30 million because by season two, season three, he will be the best centre-back in the league. He is carrying my, my Norwich side alongside the partner that we'll get on to in a minute. I had to sign him for a bit more than that on my Roma save. I didn't manage to get him. We went to Atlanta and then he cost me 60 million later. Yeah. But as an 18-year-old, he already has 15 tackling, 15 heading, 15 marking, concentration of 14, composure 16, teamwork and work rate of 16. His natural fitness isn't great, so that's something to bear in mind for a lot of people. But his pace, strength and stamina is all 14. His natural fitness starts at 10, but goes up. I read my um I read my current Newcastle squad out to Dan earlier today and he worked out what I was up to. I sign I sign England players and they sit on the bench a lot. You know what I think we 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 have to do. I think we have to 
pull our teams get to a point in the season, the end of the end of this current season, no matter whoever we're managing. You pull your Newcastle side. I pull my Norwich side. Ryan pulls his Arsenal side. We do an online game, tournament mode. Arsenal against Norwich against Newcastle. See what happens. Oh. <laughs> Let's do it in uh, in April. Uh, another player I, I like is in April Sa- in May. So Sabitzer, Sabitzer. I bought him from uh, when did I get him from Germany? Red Bull Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig. No, Madrid's in Madrid. He's at Bayern now, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, yeah, and he's uh, he's a good solid player for me. Uh, along with Calvin Phillips and the others. So, yeah, I mean, Calvin Phillips will get a mention on this at some point. But Ryan, should we head right. up to your, uh, one of your defenders? Or no, no, we're going to start with the goalkeeper. Ooh. I went strikers and midfielders last week. And I am going to give you an absolute bargain of a goalkeeper it? this week. Right, his name is Ivo Gribic. It's I-V-O-G-R-B-I-C. He plays for Atletico Madrid. A 25-year-old Croatian goalkeeper, and me and Dan both like a Croatian goalkeeper. We found a few. This lad is currently valued about six million quid. They don't like him, and you can get him on loan. However, here's the trick. Go on. Right? If you wait until your second season after starting the game and Mm. wait till transfer deadline day on the January transfer window of the of the second season, you will be able to pick Mm. him up. For nine hundred and seventy-five yeah, yeah. grand. That's shit house. That's shit right there. They transfer list him. Nobody buys him, but it keeps going down and down and down. Now there's two key things. Me and Dan spoke on last week's show about one of the key factors when signing a player is determination. Because it means they <laughs> like a big game. Mm-hmm. The second big one when it comes to signing a goalkeeper is eccentricity. eccentricity. Yeah, you don't want an eccentric keeper. The higher the rating, the more chances they've got of making errors. This lad, if you Google him, I think his eccentricity is about eight. Yeah. And uh, this guy loves the big game. If you need a goalkeeper that is going to win you points, load your games up. Unfortunately, I can't do mine, but can't do it on mine right now. I can't read you his stats because my laptop doesn't like doing that. But all the basics are there for being a, a really top, top goalkeeper. And if you are patient, You'll get him for under a million quid. So I'm going to look him up because I've got I've got to replace my backup keeper Nick Pope at the end of this season. So uh, I thought you had Josh Griffiths. He's my third backup keeper. Three keepers, you bastard. Well, you know, but Griffiths plays for the under 23s, but he comes into the squad when one of them's injured. Right, are you ready for me to butcher a name? Go on. Right, my second one is the Ilya Zabanya's centre back partner. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, and now. Ahmed Hodozic. How do I spell the Hodozic? A-H-M-E-D-H-O-D-Z-I-C. Say that again. A-H. Ahmed. Ahmed, yeah. H-O-D. H-O-D. Z-I-C. Hodzic. Amil, Amil Hodzic. Yeah. He is a Bosnian centre-back. All right, okay. When you start the game, is at Malmo. And you can sign him for about £3 million. Sounds good. His wage is about six k. All right. He has. Oh, so, and you were are you accusing Ryan of shit houseery? No, 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 no. Because I, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I mean, his, his head, his headings fourteen. He has marking and passing and tackling all of fourteen. Determination fifteen. Natural fitness of thirteen. Jumping reach, pace, stamina, and strength all of fourteen. And he's, but the only problem is he's aggressive. He's got not 16 to aggression, be, which is positive. Not to be confused. This is a, what position does he play? 
centre-back. Right, not to be confused with Armin Hodzic, who played at Liverpool. No idea that is. So. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he was at Dynamo Grzeb, he's a Bosnian, 27-year-old uh, forward, six foot. Yeah, he, it's not he, him. Well, he was signed by Liverpool for two years, never played a game, so it's not him. So, the, the issue with with uh, Mr Anel, um, Ahmed Ozic, have you, as, as we've discovered, is he does attract a lot of interest. So... On my save, he went to Man City in the first transfer window for about four million pounds. Yeah. However, Man City loan him out for the first season every time, and I've tracked him for a few games. Man City will always sign him and immediately loan him out in yeah. the second season. They put him on the transfer list. Yeah. And you can get him for about fifteen million, and it's worth every penny. Like okay. At twenty-two, those stats are unreal, and he also scored eleven goals last year from set pieces. So when he goes forward, he scores. Excellent. I will round this scouting segment off with a 20-year-old fullback. Now, this one will cost you a bit of money. It will cost you between about 20 to 25 million pounds. Right, you, you can structure deals. It's fine. And you go to Ajax, and his name is Urin Timber. It's going down. And he basically can play... I'm yelling Timber. <laughs> you can basically pay him anywhere across the back foot. These two are gone. <laughs> it's just a song we like. He can basically play anywhere across the back four. You He's going him. down. He will be a five-star best-in-the-world player. He is very, very And good. all the basics are already there. He will just improve, 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 improve. Let me get him up. He He's... is unbelievable. So, Timber, once he's in the first team, won't won't get the X. He's someone that I've tried to sign, I think, in every save. <laughs> but as Ryan said, if you don't get him early... By like the second season, he's worth way more than you can even so, dream of. I can't afford him at the moment. At, at Newcastle, you probably could because you've got money falling out your ass. No, I, I don't buy. I, I won't spend more than about seventy million on a player. Well, it depends where he is. If he's still at Ajax, you probably have a chance. But the good thing with Tim, Ryan pays him at right back. But one of the good things that the website I use called FM Insider, which tells you a bit more about the player, is we did it last week with one of. I think it was Lewis Ferguson, Ryan. We were talking about different roles yeah. to play. So. It, Durian Timber, despite being a right back, so it's basically the, the games will stat you out of 100 in position. And at right back, he's down as a 72, which is pretty good. But as yeah. a ball winning midfielder, he's 68. As, as just a straight central midfielder, he's 70. So basically, from that, I mean, you probably have to train him a bit more, but that means the ability is there for him to pretty much play anywhere yeah. from the wing backwards. As long as he's not up front or in goal, he can play anywhere else. Excellent. That's good. That's good. Right, last piece. Uh, we're not doing a, a plonker pundit uh, because, uh, as I said before, Agbonglo, Danny Murphy and the others just do it every week at the moment. But until something leaps out, uh, we'll leave plonker pundit. But we do have shithousery. Over to you, Dan. Right. So, I mean, we didn't have a... Shithousery last week because no one in football was being a shithouse. <laughs> until yeah, there was no football. Until Reading FC decided, we'll have a go. Reading on Sunday sacked their manager, Veljo Punovic. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They released an official statement on the they website. Did? Yes. To say that he had been sacked and they were moving on and they'd start interviewing. Then it went dead silence. Nothing. They didn't say who was going to take him over as caretaker. Nothing was said. 
until Tuesday night when Reading played at, played away at Peterborough. Who was in the bench, Dan? And there he was, <laughs> Velko Punovic, in the on the Reading sideline. So therefore, my shit out of the week is Mr. Ponovic or whatever his name is, because I want to know what the fuck you managed to do there. I think um I think you need he to speak to three days ago. The, the guy you need to speak to possibly is Benji Nurik. Who, no, who, I followed Benji and he and Benji hasn't got a clue. He said he had no idea. Benji's the man for Reading. He used the to Reading be the man fans, for. The Reading fans were buzzing. Like, he's gone. He's gone. We, they assumed there was a that the, um it was going to be Mark Bowen, the former Charlton player, because he's the assistant manager there. And everyone was like, "I'll be Mark Bowen's." Apparently, there's a video of them walking to the game singing Mark Bowen's Blue Army. And, and then he's... <laughs> he's on the fucking bench. Again. That is shit, Asri. But could you imagine that at Charlton? <laughs> if, if Charlton had announced that Nigel Adkins has been sacked, no, they more or less did with uh, Carol Fry. So... And, there, and then you go to the game, and there is Nigel Adkins in the bench. Yeah, no, it's no, no. That's just so. Are, are we thinking that the communications team got uh, just had things ready because they thought because most communications teams will have this ready in advance just in case, and then they just posted it on a. I don't know because I've met the guy who's the head of media at Reading and he's quite sensible. So I don't know what's going on there. That's weird, isn't it? I found it fucking hilarious. Well, the owner, uh, it, there's a lot of questions over the Reading owner, isn't it? The, um, I think he's Chinese. There's a lot of questions <laughs> about him. <laughs> and he passed the EFL. Oh, everyone. everyone uh, Prince Philip would. Yeah, I think, to be fair. Yeah. Prince Prince Philip's dead. I don't think he'd pass it. I think you're no, that's why he'd pick it. <laughs> what no, did I you... meant it on purpose. Prince what Philip. Did, what did you think York pass it? No, well, I mean, maybe... <laughs> I don't think he could show he's got the necessary funds anymore, unless his mum's interested. It's the Reading Royals, so why not? Oh, we're getting sued, aren't we? <laughs> no, 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 we're getting sued. Um, but that is shit, Alzheimer's, though, isn't it? Sack the manager, announce that you sack the manager, and then you turn up on the Tuesday, and no one said it. So they didn't say anything. Did they say anything just before the game, or? Well, I so I don't follow Reading's Twitter page, but I'm assuming either they tweeted it and no, and a lot of people didn't see it. Right. Is, is it still there? No, it's gone. So they've tweeted and deleted. So I'm assuming that maybe they were there was a conversation at the clubs. Someone was going. They were going to sack him. Someone saved that. I'm telling you. Or has someone at Reading that's not in the comms team got hold of the Twitter? Got hold of the stuff, uh, announced it, and then obviously the comms team have had to cycle it back. I think I Pete's probably got it right. So I don't know if Reading FC have um, come out to deny the sacking. Did they sack him and then discover his contract is a little bit watertight and they're buggered? Well, they need to fucking sack him, otherwise Reading will be playing in League One next season. Well, the other thing is, is his sacking could happen in the next couple of days, and then all of a sudden the tweet comes back. They didn't lose on Wednesday. Um, I'm going through their tweets at the moment. I'm on the 16th of February, 15th of February, which was uh, was Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, they played the other night, didn't they? Um, there's no mention of the manager in any of their tweets. No. So, like, this is what I mean. I think they've been, as you said, they've been like a cock up in the comms team, or someone's got hold of the Twitter account. Yeah, because it was kind of common knowledge that the Reading manager was gone. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw Benji tweeting about it. <laughs> he was fucking there. I was wetting myself. Hmm, very strange. 
yeah, no. Having said that, Reading are one of the teams that I have a random dislike for, so their relegation is yeah. fine with me. Huh. I've been to Reading. I tell you what, because I'm a grumpy bastard, this is this is the stupidity that I go to. I I dislike Reading because Reading don't play in Reading. When you get off the train at Reading, you don't have to find a bus that isn't signpost. You just got to walk around until you find this bus that takes you to the stadium, and then they don't run the bus back to the city again. Do they not? So then you've got to try and find a normal bus stop to get you into the city, not the special game bus. There is no mention at all this week of the manager. At all. I, I, I get salty over stupid things. Like I was I was up north. Well, not up north. I was in Cambridge. For a lot of people, that's not up north. And there's a place called Water Beach, which doesn't have a beach or a lake. So why is it called Water Beach? That annoyed me for the rest of the day. So it doesn't take a lot. So the fact that Reading didn't run a bus service, that annoyed me too. I can find uh, right. Their last post was seven hours ago, and no. So since before, since Monday, since the weekend, there has been no mention on the official Reading Twitter feed of their manager at all. Not even a post-match interview after the game on the other night. Nothing. That's your tells me. I think. I, I suspect. I don't think it's a. I don't think that's a media cock up. I think that's a legal cock up. What do we reckon, boys? Ryan, you're going with media cock up, media team. I, I, I reckon they were given a statement to prepare, and I reckon, like you said, I think they've released it before they've jumped the gun. And they wouldn't be the first club to release a statement prematurely. Dan, what do you think? I haven't got a fucking clue. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, and with that, <laughs> with Dan not having a fucking clue, I think that should be it for the, the evening. Uh, we'll be back next week, I think. Uh, yes, fellas. Dan's concentrating yep. on something. I think he's playing FM. No, sorry. So someone has actually just put up something on FM. So I was reading their tweet. But yes, of course, back next week. Excellent. Back, back next stronger. Week. Back stronger, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the pod. Uh, Pass the pod, yeah. Don't forget, if you want to he's email He's not doing us, one anymore, so we can rob his... his uh, all his, I know, he's he, back soon, so I don't... Yeah, they it. are coming back. They're coming back, and they're coming back stronger. Go well. Uh, Dan, uh, cheers. Uh, Dan, um... <laughs> That's gone, probably gone right over Ryan's head. That's gone right head, over Ryan's yeah. head. <laughs> uh, non-cricket fan. Dan, we've got an email address. I do check it. Uh, what's the email address? Email address. Footballfunderspod at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to follow our uh, sponsors, the Proper Blokes Club, uh, the Community Project for Men's Mental Health Walking. Uh, there's lots of walks around for you to go and just get a bit of exercise, get those endorphins released, and, and chat. You can chat about anything. Very good walks. Uh, Ryan's done a few, haven't you, mate? Yeah, I do one every fortnight. Good. Helps. Yeah, it keeps the grey matter clear and gets a lot of stuff off your chest. Where do so, they start? Sorry, where where does that our, our walk start? Down but, where you get the, uh, right. the clipper from on Woolwich. Right, from anyone who's in the local area of Woolwich, SEA team or surrounding areas, they meet at 7pm on a Wednesday night at the Hollow Men's Statues on the Woolwich Arsenal just by the Thames Clipper. They walk all the way to the Thames Barrier or to Galleons Hill uh, in the other direction towards Thamesmead. You have a chat, you have a laugh, you get stuff off your chest. We turn around, we walk all the way back, and then if you feel like it, we'll end up at the Dial Arch pub, which oh, is on the Village Arsenal. I may have, with my, um, my new job, okay. I, I will have to, uh, on a Wednesday after well, a, hard, a hard day's work, just because my office won't be too far. They won't. Come, so, come for a nice wander with you, right? Here's a plan. Here's a plan. Come to me for dinner in April, because I'm there the first week of April. 
just round the corner. So come to me the first week in April at the flat. Uh, all three of us have some bit of dinner, maybe get a Domino's delivered, and then we go and walk it off with the uh, proper blokes club. What do we think? Brian? Yeah, oh, can man. do. Okay. Uh, also, let us talk. Uh, created to get people talking and open up about mental health in a relaxed, non-judgmental way. Lots of football. Uh, had a, Dave, uh, had some, got some games coming up, Dan? No, we don't. <laughs> You've not? All oh, right, so okay. We, we, we played, uh, not last week, the week before. No, we played a few weeks ago. We should have played last Friday. However, uh, that's um, the, one. the Essex charity side had to pull out. Okay. Uh, so we've been given a buy, and we were awaiting the draw uh, to see oh, who so we we'll play come. in the next round. And uh, as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong, but Jamie hasn't told me of any games. He is trying. If you are out there and you own a charity team in South e East England, to be fair, they are willing to travel. Um, hit hit Jamie Leggett up on Twitter, or let us talk at, at let us talk underscore mh on Instagram. So if I secured a non-league ground for free, would they come and play? Probably. A lot of the lads are Kent based. I've got an idea. Got to find a team. I've got a, I've got a chairman. Uh, I've got a man. Uh, I, got, I know the chairman of a non-league club. It's good, mate. If it's Sittingbourne, yeah. I think we have some of their players. Yeah, it's it's Sittingbourne, <laughs> but and I'm not saying play Sittingbourne, but I, I, we can probably get the ground. Hopefully, I'm, I'm sure not, Jamie I'll would look. be grateful. Message J uh, Jamie. I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat with him. Right, listen. Again, it, again just before we go, again, if that was uh, at let us talk underscore MH, or you can find Jamie Leggett at, at Jamie Leggett one, L E double G E double T one, or at Hatcham FC, which is his, uh, his Saturday side. Um, if you normally he uses the Twitter account, so you can contact him there as well. That's excellent. We'll be back uh, next week and a belated happy birthday to one of our contributors. Dan, it was. Uh, was Oh, well, old. Yeah, old. Well, what do you say, old? No, I mean I'm old enough yeah, to be your father. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm old enough to be your father. Oh, hang on. And he's old <laughs> enough to be my brother. So there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah. well, in modern day society, I'm old enough to be your dad and all. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully you had a good birthday, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, see you again soon. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.